I'm Ian, and we host Geek in the Streets. A podcast where we share knowledge with each other on different geek and nerd topics. So join us for the conversation. Starting now. Welcome to Geek in the Streets. I'm Arielle. And I'm Ian, and that is the last time we will ever do that. I don't know, I kind of like it. It's got a Tom Haverford kind of vibe to it. Oh, you don't watch Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec's. Uh, that's the subject for another day. But okay. today we are a podcast for the geek and nerd subjects you love as if you are part of the conversation. But what are we really talking about? Um, today we're actually going to venture onto a side of something that I know more about. You've all been waiting for, for the it. First You're like, time. will that guy stop mansplaining to his girlfriend? I think I've been waiting for it more than anyone because I, I like to prove that I'm smart. Okay, anyways, so we're talking about... <laughs> You're not doing a good job so far. <laughs> we're talking about his dark materials. So, um, not just the... Well, for those of you who don't know, because I feel like whenever we ask anybody about it... Nobody's watching even the show, we, but it's so good. We have a lot of nerdy, geeky friends. No, I don't know anyone who's watched a show. I mean, obviously people watched it because they put out a second season, but no one we know. Uh, so, his dark materials is a... A book series, but it's recently been made into an HBO series. Just finished the second season as of, I don't know, recently, because we just finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, and is confirmed for a, a third and final season. season. Um, so, um, Ian, do you want to kind of guide us today, or do you want me to do it? Well, uh, yes, I will use your notes to guide us. All right, so it's a trilogy written by Philip Pullman. Is it pronounced Philip oh, Pullman? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I can just do it. I just thought you could, like, hit the top bullet points, and then I'll fill it. Like, like we usually do. No, no, no. I'm, I can do this. It's a trilogy written by Philip Pullman. Uh, what's the trilogy called, Dr. Dom? It's called His Dark Materials, Ian. Okay. Um, and it's three books, as a, as a trilogy would imply. It's <laughs> Um, this is your smart episode, okay? I'm, the <laughs> I'm one so gonna, nervous. I'm, I'm going like, to be the one that's like, you know, and nervous. Um, how do you do that and stuff? Okay, uh, so the first book is uh, this is a kind of interesting. It was it's actually called Northern Lights, and it was released in 1995, but it was published as The Golden Compass in North America. So that's what I know it as. There's a movie called The Golden Compass. We'll get into that. Um, and then it's followed up by The Subtle Knife in 1997 and The Amber Spyglass in two in the 2000s. It was Philip Pullman is an author in the UK, so it was originally released there. Um, well, I guess I'll just do this one part. Uh, I read The Golden Compass as a required reading one year. I believe it was sixth or seventh grade as one of those. Um, and as the full-on nerd that I am, I went on to read the whole series. And I did this every time I had to read a book uh, that was part of a series. It's also how I read the Ender Games, uh, Ender's Games series, which we should probably do at some point because that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. And the movie did it no justice. Sorry that, to everyone who was in it. Um, but uh, so I read The Golden Compass as a kid, and I've since read the series twice and The Golden Compass itself three times because I can't just read a book once. And that's not... That's not the way I go. Um, but it was inspired by Dante's Paradise Lost, the The series was. Um, do you want me to do this part? Uh, no. I just, like, do you yeah. want to mention anything else about Dante Alighieri? I actually don't know anything about that, so I just okay, put it the in Divine there. Divine Comedy, it's got... Well, I know the Divine Comedy. Yeah. I had to read part of it in school. Oh, my gosh. You read that in school? It's pretty religious. No, we reading. just read one part of it. 
Oh, okay. And one of the parts that talks about the seven parts of hell. Okay, I went to a school in the Bible Belt. We, uh, I was, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's probably a little different for the listeners uh, who are from the West Coast, maybe, is that we don't read anything like that in school. Well, so. it's funny that we read the Golden Compass because I don't think whoever assigned that to us read the rest of the books, but okay, we'll keep going. But we'll um, save that. Yeah, so long and short of it is much of our modern conception of what hell is is not in the Bible, not at all. It comes from Dante, and specifically the Divine Comedy. It's divided up into different parts, what have you. But, you know, the uh, ideas of the different layers of hell, hell with brimstone and fire, the idea of the different types of punishment in hell. Um, You know, if you do this and this will happen to you, it all comes from Dante. And I know what you're thinking. Well, why is it part of religious canon? Well, it's... uh, Religious canon? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, uh, quote-unquote divinely inspired. So take it as you will, but I just thought we should get a little into Dante. Thank you. I I didn't know much about It's the only thing I can contribute, you know? Thank you. Um, So basically, the His Dark Materials trilogy is your... Coming of age, young adult fantasy, which is my bread and butter. I think I've read most of the young adult fantasy series. Um, well, like I said, we'll get into this. But uh, basically, j- I don't want to give you too much because this book... Don't spoil it for me. Uh, well, you haven't read the books. So I, I guess know. we should say that Ian's read the series but has not read the books. That's going to be um, a common thread in a lot of our things that Ariel knows. Because, again, I'm just a very avid reader. Uh, and Ian likes comic books and likes to, to watch movies. and uh. That's reading, too. <laughs> um, so, but I, again, I don't want to get a lot into the plot points. I just want to get you enough information to kind of hook you on why it's so good. So, in the Golden Compass, which is what I'm going to call it because that's what I read it as. If you're over in the UK, you know it as Northern Lights. Um, you're in this kind of different world. And in this world, everyone has um, a demon, which... Do you want to make fun of me at this point? Because you said Damon? Yeah, because it's spelled D-A-E-M-O-N. That's an old And it's like the little the backwards yeah. A. Um, and again, I, I learn most of my words that I know from reading, so often my first attempt at pronouncing them is not great. Um, so. Can I just say, it's it's a common theme in, in our lives that yeah. you'll say something and I look at you and go like, what? And yeah. then she'll, and she'll go, well, I read it, but I never said it. Yes. And I go, oh, okay. That's going to be my tagline. I read yeah. it, but I never said it. Uh, so everyone has a demon, which is basically a physical extension of your soul that takes the form of an animal. So side note here. Ian, tell everyone why I love this story. So, I mean, this sums it up for me. For those of you who don't know, I'm a veterinarian. Animals, why, why did you say Ian tell me? And then well, yeah, I guess, uh, go ahead, you tell. She's a veterinarian and she works with animals and she likes them quite a bit. I love animals. If I could pick any world to live in, I mean, I love Harry Potter, but a place where you have an animal who's a part of your soul who like talks to you and is like your best friend, I can't imagine many things better than that. So, so it takes the form of an animal. Like I said, it's an extension of your soul. You talk to each other. I will be honest, it's never clear, clear to me how much someone else can understand your demon. It seems to come and go in, in different ways. And I can't remember from the book as well. I know in the show it kind of is like if you choose it, but you can have like secret communications. But anyways. The old deus ex machina. As when a, they need it, you can hear yeah. it. Yeah. As a child, your demon can change shapes. So it can be... Any animal that you'd like. So, you know, you can be a little mouse, you can be a bird, you can be a cat, you can be a dog. Um, 
I your demon, Ken. You keep saying you. Well, it's a part of you. But you 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 don't become no. That it's animal. not like okay. Yeah, it's not. It's like, like your little. It's not anamorphs. I would say. I would say. Uh, it's your sidekick. If you're, if you're into other fantasies, it's your familiar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Familiar is good. So your your demon, your familiar, can change shapes, and it can change shapes to whatever it wants. Be honest, I've never seen one like or heard of one being like a big thing. It's usually something small. Because it'd be nice to have a horse, I would think. But whatever. Um, and then as you enter adulthood, i.e., enter puberty, uh, it stays in one shape. So, um, you know, and it's often based on your characteristics. So a lot of the servants are, uh, dogs and a lot of the, um, more free spirited people are birds. And a lot of the tough people are like lynxes and snakes. So it's, it's based on your, you could say your big defining characteristic, you know, nobody has a bear demon though, do they? No, and we'll, we'll and we'll. Oh, I just wanted to pepper that yeah. in there. Yeah, I mean the biggest one we really see contribute. is a snow lion. I think that's probably the biggest one we see, and that's Azrael's. But um, snow leopard or did what did I say? Lion. Yeah. Okay. I like animals. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is your smart episode, and you really <laughs> like animals. <laughs> okay. I just am really excited. I'm too excited. Um, and so a lot of this is shaped by dust, what they call dust, i.e. sin or the original sin. Cool. And it's something that's not really well understood when you're getting into things. It's forbidden to study it by what they call the magisterium, a.k.a. the church. So the over in, in this universe, the church is kind of your ruling power. I would like to say that I noticed that there's a strong correlation between uh, conformity and religion in yes. this particular series. That's a good. That's a good point. So basically, in this novel, adventures ensue. You have the Egyptians who are kind of like the gypsies, and you have witches. You have armored talking polar bears. Uh, that's what Ian was referring to. Um, you have and they can like talk and stuff. Yeah, you have it all. You have evil scientists. You have hot air balloons. You got every. Thing you could want, and there's magic, um, and Lin Manuel Miranda in, in the series, and and oh, and there's this thing called the Golden Compass, which is base or the alethiometer, which is basically this little golden compass that instead of pointing you in directions, it tells you the truth. So, um, can we just say alethiometer thirty times fast? It's a I can barely say it one time slow. I know I can't believe I got it out. So. Um, the main character of, of, of the Golden Compass is Lyra Bellacqua. Uh, she is the keeper of the Golden Compass, a.k.a. the alethiometer. And her demon is named, I'm going to just call him Pan because it's Pentilium. <laughs> I said that so wrong. Again, I read it, okay? Um, so basically, Adventure Ensues is a great book. And then you get to the end. And again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you learn oh, this is not just a different world. It's parallel to our world, and you go into our world. And I'm not going to, again, I don't want to spoil things, but this whole time you're thinking, okay, this is completely separate. It's not. It's just parallel. So there's all these universes, and they're all uh, kind of tied together, and you cross in between them, and you learn about, um, at the end of book one, you learn about the subtle knife, which I I don't want to spoil, but it's what the name of the second book is. And the main character of that is Will Perry, Parry Perry, and he's from our universe. So basically, multiverse, it's got everything you want if you like comic books and you like multiverses mm-hmm. and you like to bring them all together. So um, I didn't want to go more into the books because I really don't want to spoil them. But is there anything you. you think I should 
Anything you're interested in? No, no. I think that was a pretty good explanation. Okay. Um, do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's uh, take the take a break, and we'll come right back with more from the Golden Compass and his dark materials. The Geek in the Streets podcast is supported by the Geek in the Streets podcast. And listeners like you. Well, not yet. And we're back. Okay, so now we're here to talk about the movie adaptation. Now, this is something I am familiar with. I've only seen this once. Uh, that's really all you need to see it, if if that. You Sorry again. You said it. Um, I thought, you know, uh, well, I'm not going to judge the movie or anything right now. We'll just talk about it a little first, and then we'll get into some things that we think that were successful in the movie and some things that weren't. Now, first of all, I think that the new trend to adapt books into a longer form of storytelling, such as a series instead of a movie, is always a plus because this movie suffers from everything so condensed. And and we should say, yes, this movie was released in... 2007 so it is a it's a piece of its time mm-hmm. let's be honest but, absolutely but it's like league of extraordinary my goodness the- oh man i did like that movie until we re- until we rewatched it and then i was like oh it's not 100 percent. although it was not scorpion king level yeah sorry dwayne the rock johnson he's doing i love fine. you but that movie i thought i loved that okay Side note, but man. Um, I had to convince Ariel she didn't like that movie. I really, I think I got it confused with the second Mummy you did. movie. You, you were like, no, oh, and we I was should like, do The Mummy at some point. We should, too. okay. Back to um, Golden Compass. We're getting off track. Back to Golden Compass. So the movie's called Golden Compass 2007. I think it suffered exactly like you said, just like Percy Jackson, which I will also, we will also talk about sometime because thank God Disney Plus is going to do a series. Ooh, okay, sorry. Off track. But it... It was a product of its time. It had such a fantastic cast. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's you listen had to some of this. Nicole Kidman as uh, Mrs. Coulter, which she's one of the main characters. She kind of floats around and she works for the Magisterium. Again, I don't want to spoil a lot of things, so I'm not giving you a lot of information. Um, you had Daniel freaking Craig. You had James Bond as Lord Azrael, who is the coolest character in my opinion. He had the Snow Leopard, a.k.a. Snow Lion, as his <laughs> demon. Um and then you had, I, I don't know if she did anything else. I, I looked her up on IMDb, but the main character, Lyra Bellacroix, uh, was Dakota Blue Richards. Um, you had Sam Elliott as Lee Scoresby, who's a hot air balloon guy. Eva Meh. Green as the main witch. I mean, Eva Green, come now, on. She's, she's fantastic. No, that's amazing casting. You had, I just said Matt to Sam Elliott because everybody loves him and I don't. Although, once you see Sam Elliott without a mustache, it really... Changes your style. Oh my gosh, it changes everything. Uh, you had Freddie Highmore, who's pretty big now. He's mm-hmm. on that The Good Doctor show. He was he was Pan, and then you had Sir Ian McKellen as York Bernstein, who's the main armored bear who teams up with Lyra and and helps her out. I Bernstein. Mean, you say Bernstein. Bear? I don't know. Again, reading guys. I have to okay. contribute to this episode somehow. So, so, but the movie just it missed the mark. I mean. It hit the high points. It focused a lot on the armored bears because that's cool. So I totally get that. Um, but man, it just missed the mark. And they changed the ending to make it a little... Sanitized? Uh, yeah. A little friendlier to children. Because the ending, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything. It's a little traumatizing. Yeah. Uh, if you read that book as a child, and especially if you stopped that book, you're like, that's kind of part of why I went on to read the rest of the series. Because I was like, that that's what we're doing. That's that's the end. That's, that's okay. Um, but... Yeah, and they just... It essentially has a happy ending in the yeah. Golden Compass movie. And Whereas the book, it's not. 
it's not a happy ending in the book. It's very like which leads you to Wizard more. of Ozzy in yeah. the end, you know? Not Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, just. I mean, it's. It, I just keep wanting to say, if you look at the time it came out and you watch action adventures movies, action adventure movies from that era, it just fits in as one of those rather than a good telling of the golden compass. You yes. know, it's like, oh, we have a story that we could do this kind of thing with. And, and you know, surprisingly, the CGI, not bad for the time period mm-hmm. it came out. It really, it wasn't bad. It just, it made something happy. It made it a little, and it is a children's, I mean, a young adult's children's book, but it was too sterilized. I think that was a good word that yeah. you used. It was too happy. It just didn't, it didn't satisfy you as someone who read the books. Now, if you didn't, now as someone who didn't read the books, what did you think of the movie? If I wouldn't have told you the ending or you wouldn't have seen his dark materials, what did you think? I thought it was okay. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I wasn't like, oh God, what did I just watch? But I wasn't like, oh man, I want to discover more about this. Yeah, so I was you, just like, it doesn't really oh, leave. Was there. I saw the movie, glad I did, and let's move on. And I don't know, I should have looked this up, but I didn't. So if anyone knows, drop a comment. But I don't know if the plan was to do other ones, but when you watch it, it doesn't it really doesn't seem like, like it. it. It feels like, okay, we're done, you know? Yeah. So, um, so So that was a long time before we had, that was 12 years now let's talk about the HBO series. It's uh, quite a bit different from the movie adaptation. Do you want to get us started on how you feel about it? Well, yeah. Um, do you? Yeah, I can definitely do that. So it's complete redemption. I mean, it's it's. First I, of all, let me just say I know you have the casting notes down below, but I mean the fact that they got Daphne Keene, who we all remember as you know X twenty three from uh, you know uh, Logan. Did a fantastic oh, job. she's so good. The fact that they got her for it, yeah, I was like, excellent. this show is going to be good. Excellent. So, uh, I mean, it's complete redemption. And if you haven't seen it and you, you're you looking to fill that kind of sci-fi vibe or fantasy sci-fi vibe after Game of Thrones is gone, it's, it hits a lot of marks. And, it, and it's very serious. Yeah. So, it's, it's great. I mean... Uh, the first season came out no- November 2019. Second season came out November 2020. Has been confirmed for a third season, but there's no release date yet. Um, but it's it's just the let's. You want to talk about casting first? I mean, so I already said it. I'm a big fan of Daphne Keene. She's and just I, great. I think uh, what she did in Logan was you know awesome, and everybody was on board, and that's part of what made the movie work. And then seeing her in this, I mean. She's really like for a such a young actress. She's so believable. Yeah, she's you know she's not over the top. She just sells it. Um, so she's obviously she's Lyra, um, Balakwah, uh, and she just does a great job. So, um, and then you have Ruth Wilson as Mrs. Coulter. So that's was Nicole Kidman's character before. Mm-hmm. You've got James McAvoy. I mean, gosh, you can't go wrong with James McAvoy. No, he's like he's a perfect Asriel. He's excellent as Asriel. Um, you got my man Lin Manuel Miranda as Lee Scoresby. I that's mean, that's why she watches the show. He's well. That was the only thing that they they tried to get make him do a Texas accent. They should just let him be <laughs> him. I mean, Lee Scoresby is supposed to be like a. Kind of a cowboy. He he's a hot air balloon uh, pilot. But anyways, and then they got Andrew Scott. I mean, that's Moriarty. Like, come on. Yeah. In, in Moriarty and and Hamilton, Lin Manuel Miranda in the same scenes. Oh, 
and one of the uh, head church guys or magisterium yes. guys is Daphne Keene's dad. Yes, I forget his John Keene, I think. John, yeah. Um, and then uh, Amir Wilson, he's uh, Will Perry, which I'll get into in a second. Uh, he does great too. I mean, I know at first we were like, because uh, I just didn't remember as much about the character, but he does a good job living up to the character. Yeah, I will say, whereas uh, Lyra, you instantly yeah. wanted to follow. It took me a while. Well, and I, to, that's kind of what it's like in his storyline to too. To Will. Yeah, his story was a little bit slow going, mm-hmm. and, and like so, I was like. Uh, I mean, kid. and then but then then you get into yeah it. The, that the list goes on and on. Everyone they don't really have anyone who doesn't do a good job. I'd say everyone does a really good job. And the, HBO yeah, I mean all your side character, even that little kid Roger, he does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, every I, I felt like everyone does a good job. Um, the guy who uh, and I can't remember uh, Boreal, uh, he's the guy who has the snake as his. Uh, demon he's great too mm-hmm. i mean they're they all did great and um so the the storyline would you say this follows the books closer than the 2007 golden <laughs> compass it does it does it, it so i mean i was really impressed when we started watching it and super surprised uh how closely they did it. The thing that i at first kind of threw me off but actually now it makes more sense to me why they did it is instead of so you know your first book it's all following Lyra and it's all in in that kind of universe and then you kind of skip over and you get to our world and you get Will's story so it was very separate but the way they did it they just kind of interweaved the first and second books together and it makes more sense because if you're coming into the second season sometimes it's hard when you just introduce a character to kind of get you built into them you know so they weaved it together and um man they did such a good job i mean it it's blow by blow blow if you've read the books and i haven't read the second and third one in a little while to be fair but i mean they hit the main marks the first one there were there were like direct quotes out of the book which Mm -hmm. i always love it gives me goosebumps when they do that um and I was honestly a little surprised. I mean, there were parts when I was we were watching where I'd say to Ian, "Oh, they did that. I didn't think they were going to do that." And oh, I can't believe they went there because it. To be honest, the second and specifically the third book, it's a little out there. A little. That's why I say I'm surprised um, that they. It was part of our re- required yeah, reading. I could say that uh, as someone who was uninitiated to the whole series, and then what's just coming off the Golden Compass movie, which I thought, like I said, was just there and whatever. Um, this definitely has a lore worth getting into. Yeah. And I remember, I believe for season one, especially, I was more into the show than you were. Well, at first I just <clears> wasn't, <throat> I was burned. I've been burned before. Yeah. I was, I, I didn't want to get my hopes up and they, they just did a really good job. I really. But I, I'm saying that to, if anyone's unsure if whether yeah. they should watch or not, it's like, I, I hadn't seen it and I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, the cinematography is really good. Um, the acting's great. The CGI is pretty darn good. Too. I mean, it's HBO. You're going to mm-hmm. get good CGI. Um, but I, I can't say enough good things about it. I think it's worth a watch. You know, it does take an episode or two to really get the ball rolling, but most of these shows do. You got to build the world, you know? Yeah. So we don't want to give any spoilers, but uh, should we talk about some of the things in the show just to kind of carrot people who maybe haven't. Um, been introduced to this universe before. Like we've talked about the alethiometer and the truth. Yeah. We've talked about uh, the, the thing called the subtle knife. We've talked about the multiverse, but it starts to get a little bit more expansive as it goes on. What are some themes? Like I already mentioned that, you know, uh, in, in the other universe in Lyra Bellacqua's lunar universe, um, the idea that the religion is more 
um, conformist, more uh, authoritarian, I w- would use the word. Yeah. Like things like that. Like What else? What else? Did well, a big theme throughout all three books is actually the the play on on religion and and being religious versus you know kind of the oppressive views of religion which i don't really want to you know get into the political side of that oh yeah it's but it's as an exploration but, as yes. a thought experiment it's like a, a cool idea yes yes and it's not the only thing and that the ever biggest that. i mean a big theme over and over is sin and the original sin and and children are not affected by sin yet because they're innocent and then as they get closer to adulthood they're more prone to sin and so it, it's it's a very big theme which uh, makes it important that the children just on the cusp of yes. becoming adults mm-hmm. are the protagonists of this story yes yes and it's a, again a coming of age story i mean but even more at stake mm-hmm. uh and um Gosh, it's just I really don't want to say too much to spoil it, like because I want to talk about the subtle well, knife, I but think, I don't really want to yeah, spoil yeah. it. Well, I can. I think it's safe to say in this universe, um, God does exist, or at least uh, there is some sort of higher beings yes. than just humans. So, and so, so I'm just gonna leave it at that because I know you're like giving me dagger eyes. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, mean, I just don't want to say too much, but yeah. you start to hear kind of. You know, you hear about the magisterium, and then you know they talk about the mysticism tr- is at yes. play, and then you start to hear about something called the authority. So that's kind of the parts you want to pay attention to. You start to hear about the authority and about angels, and I mean demons are right there in the mist, right? They're called demons. Your little, your little Familiars. soul friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just, I'm very curious where they're gonna if they're gonna go full scale. Which at this point, it looks like they are. I mean, they've followed it to the T basically and they've already started introducing it that it's not something I thought I would see on television because it's a little out there but we'll see I mean I think they're going there well that's all I got I had a lot to say this episode welcome to my role all right well thank you all for listening uh this is uh you've been a nerd in the herd I'm trying to work that in somehow. It's, for yeah, it's not working this far, but we'll like find it. Herd I think today fun. I've been the nerd and now you're in the herd. Okay, there you go. And have a good one. See you. The Geek in the Streets podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Find us. Now. Little scruffy dog, little scrubby (laughs) dog, Mr. Scruffles dog, little scruffy dog. (laughs)